0: pray. God, we thank you for this day, for this opportunity to freely gather here and to worship you. For this Lenten season, this season of reflection of prayer, as we look carefully at our own humanity, as we look carefully at the suffering of Jesus, as we deal difficultly with our own sin and weakness, as we journey with Jesus to the cross. Speak into our hearts and minds and lives this day which you have for us. May my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we kind of begin this journey through the Lord's Prayer. It's something, again, that we do uh, every time we have communion, which is really almost every time we gather in this space. And for many of you, you probably have prayed the Lord's Prayer more times than you could ever begin to calculate or count. It's an important prayer, and it's important that we look at this together, not just because of its power and its importance, but because of the challenge of familiarity. So oftentimes when we know something, when we get used to saying something, we can lose sight of its meaning. But this is a prayer that we are to pray regularly, and it has great power for us. It's really a prayer that covers all things. It covers all of the different issues and needs and concerns that we might have. It covers all the things that God most certainly would want us to pay attention to. And certainly if Jesus tells us to do something, it is worth paying attention to. This is the part of the listening that is so important to us, this listening that comes with this Lenten season. And while it's a gift that the Lord's Prayer is familiar to us, it shouldn't become routine. It shouldn't become so familiar that it loses its power for us. It shouldn't be something that is mundane where we go through the motions. The gift of our liturgy, the gift of these prayers and these things that God has given us is that they're bigger than ourselves. They came long before us and they'll be here long after we're gone. Yet the challenge is sometimes we lose sight of their real meaning. And so that's why we're journeying through this Lord's Prayer together. And we're looking literally line by line. And so we begin this week with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The Lord's Prayer by the way, is meant to be something that transforms us. That's actually what all aspects of worship are to be. And truth be told, sometimes, no matter what's happening in our lives, we come to worship and something might be transformative. We will hear a song that will especially touch us. Something will be read in the scriptures that deals with something we're struggling with. And there may be other parts of the service where we're not as transformed, we're not as touched. And that's the reality of human nature. But God wants more for us. God wants all these things to bring transformation for us. And the Lord's Prayer is something that should transform us. But perhaps the most important word in the Lord's Prayer in many ways is that first one, our. You see, the Lord's Prayer is plural. It's not a singular thing. It's something that we pray together, that we pray in community. Certainly I can pray individually, but it is a communal thing. In a world that's highly individualistic, even in the church that celebrates individual faith, we forget about the communal nature, the plural nature of our faith, that we are in this together. Whether the people sitting around you are people that you know well or people that you don't even know, we're in this together. The Lord's Prayer is also an invitation. It's an invitation into God's house. It's the greatest invitation we receive, an invitation into the presence of God. You heard me read both of those translations of the Lord's Prayer. I like to use a couple sometimes to get us thinking, to stimulate our thought about the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, you and I, each of us, you've heard me talk about this before, we are children of God. I... In the midst of my sin and personality, my strengths, my victories, I'm a child of God. You, each one of you, are a child of God. And the truth about being a child of God is we are a child of God even if we don't want to be. Even if we're not sure that we are. Even if we don't think we deserve it of you who have raised kids, maybe you've had those experiences where you've had children that didn't want to be your children in a particular moment. But God, our Father, never stops being our Father. Never wants to stop being our Father. Never stops having that desire for us to be in relationship with us, to love us. You see, human relationships, even the greatest of human relationships, have their moments of great challenge, don't they? But the good news of the Lord's Prayer, the very beginning good news is, we are the adopted children of God, that God has chosen us. God has chosen us not out of obligation, not because we deserve it or earned it, not because He feels bad for us. God wanted to. God wanted to choose us. The God of the universe who made everything come to existence wanted to choose you as his child. And so these beginning words are perhaps more than just words. But the truth is, we struggle with this image of God as our father sometimes. We struggle with father images. In fact, I've met many people who maybe have had difficult relationships with fathers or father figures in their lives, and they struggle with this. The truth is, as much as I desire to be a good father to my children, I am not a perfect father. Usually by the time I leave the house in the morning. You see, Abby's not a morning person, so that usually does the trick. And the great news is that God is the perfect father to us. That God is such a great father to us, that God is bigger than, transcends all of the great strengths of being an earthly father. God overcomes the weaknesses and the challenges of being an earthly father. That God as our father reclaims the image of fatherhood for us. And research shows that so oftentimes we get our image of God from our fathers, especially for young girls. It's challenging to think about that. Being a parent you know is the greatest gift and the most difficult task that you ever are called to do as a human being. And God, in the midst of my successes and my failures as a parent, in the midst of your successes and failures as a a husband, a wife, a parent, a friend, a cousin, is perfect for us. It's bigger than all that we can imagine here on Earth. And the good news of the Lord's Prayer is, our Father, we can pray in confidence. In a world that is increasingly uncertain, We, as children of God, get to pray with confidence to our Father as the chosen, loved, accepted, embraced children of God. What a gift. You see, Jesus always pointed people to the Father, so it would be natural that if Jesus were to teach us to pray, he would begin with these words, our Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was oftentimes going off and praying to the Father. It was to the Father that he cried out in the garden. It was to the Father that he cried out on the cross. If it's good enough for the Son of God, it is certainly good enough for us. Jesus always points us to the Father. I want you to understand this term, Father, is not what we understand. It sounds so formal, right? It it sounds even more formal when we pray it in an environment, in in a venue like this one here. But understand it certainly is formal as we honor and respect God. It certainly is formal in terms of the relationship that it is a great gift that God is our Father. It's also meant to be relational. My kids don't ever call me father. We won't get into what they call me, but they don't ever call me father. Right? I mean, sometimes I would call my parents' mother or father, but that was to antagonize. So it's not really a a, a phrase that we use. And the word here, you've heard me talk about this word before. The word here is Abba. It's the first word that children in that culture learned. It it fell off of your lips. There was never the competition of whether you learned mama or dada first like we have now. It was always Abba. And when Jesus prays to the Father, that's the word that he uses. And that word is meant to be deeply intimate. It is more like our English equivalent of daddy. My daddy. Our daddy. You see, this formal Lord's Prayer that is such a gift to us is a gift not because, just because of its formality, but because of its intimacy. That we can have an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. Without condition. Without merit. That we don't have to earn it. That we don't have to manage it. That we don't have to worry about displeasing or altering or breaking that relationship like every other relationship that we have. What a gift that we can look to the one who created it all and say, Daddy, what richness in the Lord's Prayer. But it goes on. And of course, Daddy is a term of affection. It is a term of, It's a relational term. It's meant to be a connected term, but it's also one of innocence. It's one of purity, one of relationship. It is also one of trust. And so that changes this phrase for me when I read our Father. It all starts with the Father, by the way. This privileged access that we have to the Father. It's not any old name because it says here... Hallowed be your name. That means literally means holy is your name. Sacred is your name. That God's name. In fact, in, in, in the Old Testament times, you never wrote it. It was G-D. This is a holy and sacred name. It is not meant to say something that we say kind of glibly. And names have meanings, right? Names give us an identity. They say something about us, whether we want them to or not. But even more rich and more deep is this name. What a beautiful thing! God's name is set apart. That while we can be in relationship with God, God is set apart bigger, better, more powerful, different than anything that we can understand with our minds. That God is set apart and holy. Yet, with this set apart and holy God, we can have an intimate relationship. This phrase even, in heaven in heaven that's not just a geographical thing and we know that God is with us today through the Holy Spirit we know as we journey with Christ to the cross, Christ is with us it's not just an issue of geography, it's a reminder of the power of God, that God is over everything, that God watches over everything that God is in charge of everything that God created and sustains everything in the midst of the ways that we might mess it up Simply put, God is. I had a friend who was uh, working on a, a message, and he said, I want some feedback. He said, God is, and then fill in the blank. And so I watched as people posted these responses, and my response was simple Your sentence is fine as it is. God is. Provides. God rules. God reigns. God is in control and in charge even when it doesn't feel like it. And we get to pray to that God, talk to that God with the intimacy of Daddy. What a gift. in your life that you have loved so well those that you had the most intimate relationship with those that have comforted you the greatest maybe that person in your life whose lap you climbed up in a time or two it gives us a good image of who God desires to be to us as our father hallowed be your name one person one God And our eyes are to be fixed on the Father. Just as Jesus always fixed his eyes upon the Father. And our eyes are to be fixed in heaven. You see, the Lord's Prayer is not just a tradition. Not just a piece of liturgy. Not just prayer or a special prayer because Jesus told us. It is an indication of who we are, who God is, what we need, and what the world is. You see, the Lord's Prayer is a gift because it's something that we should pray regularly. It is something that we can pray when we don't have words. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it sure has happened to me. It's a prayer that we can pray together in celebration. It's a prayer that we can pray together in mourning. I was uh, at a funeral service for Will Dean Runyon, one of our members here yesterday. And as often as the tradition, we close the service at the funeral home with the Lord's prayer because there is this unifying power in it. There is this sense of oneness. But it's more than just oneness as people in a place, in a church, or in a funeral home, or at a dinner. It's oneness as adopted children of God. Jesus knew that we would struggle to pray from time to time. Jesus knew that words would be hard for us from time to time. This prayer is a gift, not just any old prayer. If it's something that Jesus commended to us, it ought to be good enough for us. It all starts with the Father, the sacred and holy Father whom we have an intimate relationship with. It helps us to fix our eyes on heaven, because prayers can be selfish, right? I don't know if you've ever had that experience praying a selfish prayer. Maybe it's about snow or a basketball game or a football game. Maybe it's about a meal, a relationship, a person driving in front of you. This gets our prayers centered right on the God of the universe, our Father, your Abba, my Daddy, who art in heaven, who lives and reigns, who is and will be, hallowed be your name. Holy and sacred and beautiful is your name. Sacred is my relationship with you. As we gather in worship, whether on Sundays or Wednesdays or another day, as we gather in worship, as we come to the table, the gift of God for us, as we pray this prayer that maybe we've prayed a hundred times or half a million times, have rich depth and meaning to us. May we know the power of coming to our Father, the God of the universe, our Daddy, who is with us, who loves us. And may we be transformed as we journey to the cross with this Jesus who gave us so many gifts, one of which is this prayer prayer that reminds us that the God of the universe is madly in love with us and is with us. Let us pray. Abba, Daddy, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, for the gift of this Lenten season where we take some time to focus our hearts and minds on you as we journey with Jesus to the cross. For the gift of worship, the church, your community of faith. For all of our practices of faith. And especially today for the Lord's prayer. That Jesus gave us this gift to draw us into a deeper relationship with you, with one another, and with the world. Help us to celebrate this gift. Lord, take these familiar words and transform them. Use them to change us, not only today and in this Lenten season, but each and every time we pray. That we may know you better. That we may know your love. That we may experience all that you have for us, and bring the great news of your love to the world. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Please stand as we.